Hello, my friends. <clears throat> Damn it. <laughs> Excuse me. Got a little phlegm there. Hello, my friends. Hi. And welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. This week, the void will be destroyed. Again. Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday at the Civic Center. <laughs> I actually, did you ever go to those, those monster truck things? Hell yeah. Yeah, I went to like four of them. Oh my God. The first time I went, I didn't know you needed earplugs. That was a bad night. <laughs> that was bad. It had a little ring in the next day. Next few days. <laughs> also joining us is your co-host, Hunter. Well, hey, everybody. Howdy ho, Hunter. <laughs> Uh, welcome, everyone, and uh, joining us for, I think, the fourth time, uh, you might be tied with our other podcast guest, uh, Chris, but I think he might have been on five times. I'm, I'm not 100%, but it's, it's close. It's neck and neck. So uh, joining us for the fourth time, Paul of Iteration 11, calling from Chicago to talk about Void Destroyer 2. Welcome back, Paul. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back. Always enjoy these things. Oh, we void enjoy Destroyer it. Two: Return of the Void. <laughs> I wanted to bring void something man. up. Real, I wanted to bring something up real quick, uh, Jim. When you said the Void thing, there are all these games now that use the word Void in it, and I think Void Destroyer might have been one of the first of this new in the new wave of space games that used Void. In I think the it name. was like yeah, it was. It was this Definitely or Kinetic there. Void. It was this or Kinetic Void. One of those yeah, two was were before, like. I think that was before. Kinetic Void. It's just yeah. that they they jumped up, kind of. They they were more known because they did their Kickstarter before me. Um, and and look how well so that I think went. Technically, I was before them. And look how well. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't. I try not to badmouth anyone, but god damn that game. Oh, what a. Oh, now time. there's a game called sure. Void. All right, so here so here's yeah. the rundown. It's Void Invaders, Void Destroyer Two, Void Void Raiders, Marble Void. Vertigo Void, Over the Void, Void Expanse, Void Destroyer, Bit Trip Void, Good Cubelets Void. Bit Trip Void? What? Kinetic <laughs> Void, Void and Meddler, Into the Void, Out of the Void, Around the Void. No. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, void Vikings. Okay. Yeah, that one exists. Is, yeah. Void 21. Uh, Tales from Cleveland, the Void. Cleveland Void. I mean, a game that is just plain old Void. Mystery <laughs> Trackers, The Void, Dark Void, Dark Void Zero. Oh dear God! Dishonored, Void Walker's Arsenal, Bit oh, Trip man. Void Soundtrack. Oh dear God! Yeah, okay, okay. We've run out. Okay, okay. So that's, wow. so that's got it covered. You know what, guys? Here's the thing. So, so recently I released on Early Access, and I was asking my my artist guy to make like the the promotional capsules and banners and things like that. You know, and I'm like, God damn it! Why did I choose such a long name, Void Destroyer? You know, <laughs> it's two words, which kind of makes it awkward. You know, you gotta have like one word then another. So either one above the other, one next to the other, one on top of the other. You know what I mean? It's kind of goofy like that already. And then it's yeah, like it's, so long, you got to make it big enough so you take up all this art, this real estate of the other, the other art, you know. So, hey, news to any any aspiring game developers, choose a short name. Or if you wanted to <laughs> give it like name. a mobile sounding name, then you would call it exactly. Void of Destroyer or Destroyer of Void. <laughs> or Voidly. Or, voidly. or, 
Or you name your main character Boyd, Boyd. and then you have Boyd's vo- Boyd's Void. Yeah. Just Boyd's yeah, Void. Yeah. Sorry, that was terrible. Short yeah, there's names something. Are, short names. There's, there's a lot of benefits of short names. There's there's <laughs> something about you can take like two nouns, put of in the middle, and it's a mobile game name. Like you take any two <laughs> any two nouns. So anyway, uh, we're here to talk about Void Destroyer 2, which hit early access recently. Finally, if I may say, now that more people now more people can play this. Um, but let's talk about Void Destroyer 1 for a little bit, if people didn't play it. Now, uh, and because and, a lot of the design of Void Destroyer 1, thankfully, has bled into Void Destroyer 2, because there's a lot of good stuff there. So... One, if people aren't uh, if people are unaware, could you, uh, Paul, hit like the basic design tenets of what you're trying to accomplish with the Void Destroyer games? So I've always been been making games that I wanted to play, which is kind of ironic because when you make a game that you want to play, you know you don't get it to experience it fresh. Um, you know you don't get any surprises in a way. You still you, you kind of enjoy the process of making it more so than than playing it. Although I do enjoy playing them. But it's kind of funny like that. So really, the game is is mostly about what I wanted to play as a kid, you know, when I was, like, dreaming about Space Sims. After playing, like, Wing Commander or X-Wing or TIE Fighter or Privateer or Freelancer, you know, all those awesome games, uh, Independence War, the X-Series. After playing those games, Homeworld, whatever else, right? Th- you think about the, the best game you could you could ever play and you would want to make, and that's kind of what I tried Boy Destroyer to be. Of course, it's all by myself with contractors, uh, using stuff from the internet, uh, you know, rendering engines, sound engines, things like that. So it's not all by myself, and it's on an indie budget, which means which means almost zero budget. So, uh, but but it, but to boil it down, it's like a it's a space sim with too many options. You know, you you can almost do nearly everything you can. I could think of anyway <laughs> that I could reasonably toss in there. So the big idea is if you wanted to fly a single ship, you can. If you wanted to switch to another ship, you can instantly. If you wanted to fly bigger ships, you can. If you wanted to have a fleet, you can have that. If you wanted to give your fleet orders in an easy way, which is like a real-time strategy way, in my opinion, you can do that. And then um, the game became a story-based mission game, pretty much like Homeworld, where you you keep your fleet around and, you you know, there's, there's, there's... boss fights, there's crazy challenges, there's like encounters and there's like a storyline to it and uh, and things like that. So essentially it's 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 on the way to the game of my dreams, which is kind of what Void Destroyer 2 is, but maybe we'll get there in Void Destroyer 3 or 4, you know. It's it's that's sort of an affair where uh, there's always some limitation on me and, and there's always like the time limitation and things like that. Things always take, take too long. Um, yeah, yeah, it's the game of my dreams. You know, I keep, I keep working on it, I keep making it. So Void Destroyer 1 was like a little detour or a little stepping stone on, onto it, whatever that's going to be. Hopefully I'll get to make it. Well, we talked a little bit about this, uh, before the show, but what are some of the lessons you learned from the first game that you're bringing into the second one? Yeah, so, uh, it's really, it's really so much that it's almost even hard to, to grasp it, but, uh, the big lesson is that, you know, uh, I have a really, really hard time estimating the difficulty for 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 players. Uh, and when you make a game that lets you have a small ship, a big ship, and a fleet all at once, it's 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 really basically overwhelming. Uh, 
Now, if somebody played the entire game start to finish and then started playing it again, they would love it. They would appreciate that. But if, if you haven't done that, then it's it's a really, really big, big challenge. So the big lesson was to just introduce the player to a single single concept, which in this case is just a basic ship, and then kind of go from there um, in a way that sort of in a way that sort of has the player deciding when they go to the next stage, you know? So the player's going to, you know, at first they're going to be in a single ship. They're going to do some missions. So maybe some hire some trading ships or, or uh, kill some pirates. And then they're going to see that they can, you know, buy another ship and they'll do that. And then they'll see that they can hire another ship and then they can buy a ship for their fleet. So now they have two ships. So it's kind of introduces that concept, but, but that's based on the player wanting that, you know, I'm not forcing that that on the player through the mission, through the stories, 10, 10 minutes into the game. You know, I'm not forcing that, but the player is basically choosing it. Okay, now I want two ships. Then eventually the player hopefully might go, well, now, now I want a fleet. Now I want to fly a big ship. Now I want to have uh, economy ships that do mining for me. Now I want to capture a base. Now I want to take over the entire, entire uh, game world. You know, now I want to be a pirate. Now I want to be a bounty hunter. Now I want to be a mercenary. So versus forcing the player, like, okay, 10 minutes in, you got the big, big, big cruiser and you have a fleet. You have to worry about that cruiser and your fleet and your base. And here come the enemies that are going to saw your face off. You know, I, I let the player decide that now, uh, even as far as going as to having a, a built in difficulty button for missions. You click that button, you get more money for a mission. Um, or you click that button, you get less money, but the mission is easier. There's even like, uh, this is pretty common in space sims, but even hiring other ships for a pretty low cost. You know, you hire another ship and now you take half as much damage and maybe you do twice as much damage because now you have a buddy along with you. So there's all these different things I added in there to let the player sort of control the difficulty of the game. So if you want a challenge, you can head to the asteroid field and, you know, uh, get blasted apart part by a gunship. Or if you want an easier run, you could hire your own gunship and, and take it to that same field and have that gunship pretty much kill the enemy for you. So uh, it's that sort of freedom. I think that's that's the biggest lesson. Um, and sort of letting the player choose when they want the next step. And maybe if they don't want it, they could always go back. You know, it's not going to be like, okay, well, now you have the base. You can't get rid of it, you know, that kind of sense. Uh, by the time you do get a base in Void Destroyer 2, which is not in yet, base captures aren't in yet, but, but by the time you get in there, you've pretty much mastered everything up to that point. Um, so then you're learning something new, but you already know everything else or, or up to that point. So those are the big, big, big lessons. Uh, and I hope um, I hope that I succeed <laughs> in all that I said. I, I would like to say you've, I think you've already succeeded because um, I, not a knock against uh, Void Destroyer 1, but I am, like a lot of other people, could not – I'm sorry. I couldn't pass that first mission. Uh, I just had so much trouble with it. But uh, I've been just enjoying the heck fire out of this new one. Seriously. I've just, yeah, it's, got that, it's got that kind of privateer, one more mission, you know, for some more money gameplay that I really yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's and that's what I want in these kind of open games. Like, give me something to do and a place to do it and and give me something to shoot at eventually or run away from. And this game has all that. And 
it, it's just really a good time so far. Yeah, it's it's really important, and that's that's the thing I learned too. That's that's a great point that games should be a little bit of addic- addictive. So there should be a sort of a loop to it. You know, the um, sort of like you're eating a candy bar, right? You take that first bite; it's really delicious. And then you eat another candy bar again; it's delicious. Sort of this cycle, you know, like drugs or like anything you get addicted to, uh, where there's like a pleasure, where your pleasure brain center right gets rewarded. So here it's missions. You go out, you know, in ten minutes you do a mission. You go back, you succeeded the mission. You buy an upgrade. Uh, maybe an hour later, two hours later, you buy another ship. That's another. That's like a little bigger reward for your pleasure center and stuff like that. So so like just like MMOs, you know, you gain a level. Right. Uh, but here, unlike an MMO, I don't want to make it a grind. So uh, I can reward you much, much quicker, much faster. You know, then you get a bunch of ships, then you get a gunship, then you get a Corvette. You know, it doesn't have to be a grind. Um, Which is nice. The rewards can come in pretty quickly. Yeah. Unlike, you know, I hate to knock other games, but like I read about this Elite a lot. I haven't played Elite, but I read about Elite that Elite was like oh, a boy. really, really long grind. Um, Jim, you want to chime chime in on that one? Yeah, the problem with Elite, right, is that they made it an MMO. Yeah, that's the nature of MMOs. Yeah, so the problem is that you have to cater the difficulty to the people that, you know, are like the least common denominator, right? So you get basically the, the, like, people that are like, well, I only got like two days or two hours a day to put into this and... You know, and the combat's like too hard because I don't know how to fly, and I just want to go out there and shoot stuff and be successful, right? And when they did the combat update, I thought that they got the combat actually right because I went up against another fighter that was that was built just like mine, and the AI wore me out for like five minutes. I finally killed it, you know, but it but it was just like okay, a one on one fight was real, you know, it made me work. And I'm no master of the game because that's for sure. If I if I go into the CQC arena, I get smoked. So I figure if it gave me a little bit of a workout, it's still going to be a pushover for some people. Right? But the problem was that the people that just don't want any challenge from it, they just want to you know have an enemy try to shoot at them and then they kill them easily. Those people were very vocal on the forums, so they backed down the level of the AI. So to me. I think that the fix for this, I don't think that I should be able to make the game easier, right? Because it's already easy. But don't give me a slider that makes the game easier offline, but let me make it harder if I play offline or if I play in a private group so that I could set up a private group and just turn that thing up to as hard as I want it. And then my friends can come play at that difficulty. And now I've got the environment that I wanted. And they unfortunately don't do that. Yeah, the other aspect of MMOs is that, that you know, without without other players, they're boring, right? It's just like empty space and might be some NPCs, but coding NPCs is, is tough, right, or whatever. So but they want players to keep playing to get that life going. Uh, so then it becomes more of a grind. You know, like MMOs used to charge a monthly fee, right? Well, if you play for a month and you quit forever, well, that's nine bucks, right? But if you play for a year... That's yeah. nine times whatever. So, so there's that aspect and there's that aspect too. Just by design, uh, single player games have that have that sort of benefit at the cost of not having multiple multiple players with you and your friends with you. 
Yeah, yeah they're just pros and cons. Well, other problem that this game has is that the reward loop is pretty long because uh, when you first start out, you know, it's like you can you can get uh, you know ship fairly often because they're cheap, right? But now I'm to the point where my next ship I have to save up like fifty million credits to touch this thing and double that because I want to be able to afford the rebuy and to outfit it. So I'm about a hundred million credits away from being able to touch a Python. Um, and I just, I don't feel the incentive to grind it. You know, now if I could do incremental upgrades to my current ship, but it's already kind of maxed out, you know, it's all a spec equipment. But what's funny is that the guns that I'm running are still the stock pulse lasers that come on it because the cheapest gun in the game happens to be the best gun in the game because you can do sustained them. Other guns will deal out more damage, but they drain the power supply out faster. So if you it's look at... It's also about targeting, too. Like, how well do you, like, hit the guy because of your aiming? Yeah, that's true. And so I just believe in gimbaled pulse weapons. I do Right, that exactly. Because if you can yeah, do right. a lot of damage, but if you whiff, then yeah. you're so you miss, shot and you're down for 10 seconds. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So, so there's have, a there's a big difference. So we have two questions in the chat. Uh, one was kind of already answered, but for folks that are listening uh, after the fact, how moddable is this game? Yeah, it's it's pretty much mod nearly everything. Um, so so to give you an idea, it's, it's actually better to tell you what you can't mod. Um, you can't go into you you can't like change uh, the ship combat patterns. Let's call them. You know. Although you could tell, like, a fighter to act like a frigate or a frigate to act like a fighter. You could tell them that. But you can't change, like, the ship combat patterns. Um, you can't, like, change uh, how often a base is going to spawn a ship. Although I could actually make that moddable now that I think about it. But everything else you can change, you know. So you can – so everything's pretty open. Uh, the, the data files are open, and it's just a matter of editing a, a text-based file if you want to change the ship stats or if you want to change the map to add a base or remove a base um, or to add a ship or a weapon or anything. So it's basically text files. They're, they're really easily human readable. Like it'll say health equals 300, you know. If you change health equals 300 to 400 and allow the ship has 400 health, uh, you can add ships, remove ships, missiles, weapons. Pretty much everything's there. Nothing's like compressed and hidden and password protected away from the player. So um, really, really moddable. There's also a battle editor, which lets you test things in there. It's like a, it's like a map editor, sort of. Um, basically, it's it's almost, I would say it's 95% moddable. So I guess to you know, just give a rough number like that. I, I would say if um, somehow a TIE fighter and an X-Wing got created by the community, you know, just by some anonymous person that put it out there, that maybe that would inspire the modders. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. You know, it um, games have to be popular for for modders to show up. Modders are kind of interesting like that too, just like gaming press and, and and even some players. You know, that they jump onto bandwagons. It's kind of human nature. You know, so sometimes you get a modder to jump in and make an awesome mod, or sometimes a modder does it on their own. Sometimes they get see how the game is getting attention. They do it so that Many, many, many players enjoy his or her work. You know, they're just like they're just like game developers. They want other people to enjoy it too. Um, so that's that's really the entry, the barrier right now for modding is is as a modder, not so much the game. 
Um, so what, what do you so what do you cook the ships in? Just like Maya or whatever. I, I do it in Blender because Blender is free. Uh, my my 3D artist makes them in. Uh, I think I think it's Maya. I forget now. But he he sends me OBJs and I then I texture map them in Blender, and then I export them to dot mesh, um, and then um, yeah, and then they're gone and they're in there. So actually, there's there's been a post on the modding forums how to how to get the .mesh files from the game into .obj's, which at that point you can edit in anything. Because okay, we could, we could actually it. make a better Elite. All we got to do is just pull those ships from Elite in here. Yeah, you could you could certainly... There's there's so many things in the game that, you know, there's beam weapons, there's shields, there's space shotguns, missiles, torpedoes, uh, flamethrowers... There's Newtonian physics, there's turrets, um, there's rotating elements now of ships. Um, there's even blinking lights you could add. So there's so many different things you have in the game engine that you could pretty much make pretty much any, any kind of space, uh, sci-fi, uh, drug-fueled dreams. You know? So what about, what about Void Destroyer 3? You uh, kind of make it like yeah. Lego ships, and then so we Void just Destroyer pull ships together. 3. Or Void Destroyer 2.5 or Void Destroyer 3 will probably go in the first-person shooter direction. Because so I always wanted to, like, fly a spaceship into a base, you know, get off the spaceship, hunt some dude down with a sniper rifle mm. or or a knife in the back, and then go yeah. back to the spaceship and run away, that kind of thing. I always wanted to do that. Or or go to a base and uh, clean it up with space zombies. Or <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> or, what, I, what uh, I was thinking. Death Star yeah. plans, you know. Because it's like we've been playing um, uh, space engineers and bolting together ships and stuff. Mm. But I was just thinking, like, it would be really cool if we could maybe. Yeah. So my my three D artist is like, you know what? Next time, what we should do? We should just make parts, and then we could slap the parts together. You could have as many ships as you really want, and and that's and that's not a bad idea. You know, it's just a lot of the ships right now uh, are really unique. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're really unique, like, holy crap, this thing looks like a shark, you know, or, uh, yeah. Or, why do they call that base the shark? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so you would lose that sort of uniqueness. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll uh, see. This is the problem with me because I'm overly ambitious and really ambition costs a lot of money, uh, and time and things like that. So getting my artist to do something, obviously he's got to, he's got to, eat, you know, and have a roof over his head too, or you could, you could work on something else. Oh, yeah. Well, he, here's, here's a thought, right? Have, have you looked at space engineers? And yeah. Mess with it at all? Okay. So the, the space engineers workshop is crammed full of ships and bases and stuff like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that, if that, I downloaded that a space the... engineers ship, and then there is a converter that would turn that yeah. ship into a yeah, wood destroyer. That, see, that's the, the problem is, is, um, is maybe maybe you would do that, right? Maybe you you would do it, you know. Um, but what about the customer that pays fourteen bucks and they just want to play the game? You know, I have to kind of worry about everybody. I, I want to present a product that that um, people are just going to buy and play. You yeah. know, I, I don't want to present a product that people have to download mods for. Mods are like a bonus. You know, because mm-hmm. I can't really count on the modding community. Now, Space Engineers is, is designed around that. 
You know, that's right. the core concept of the game where you make a ship out of parts. And, and it's really, really great concept because it like people share those designs and they show them to their friends and their friends show them to other friends. It's really, really great for marketing. You know? Yeah, I was just thinking if you could take a game like that and import their stuff into your game, you just got their yeah, customer I'm sure, base. I'm sure that they wouldn't like me doing that, although they might not really say anything. They're pretty cool over there in terms of the community. Um, but it's it's kind of a big risk to take, yeah. you know. And and I think, I don't know, I mean, the ships look really unique. I mean, there's there's ships that look like an X-Wing, that look like a Star Fury, right? Having said all that, they look unique, right? But I mean, if, if you would make a ships out of Legos, they would always look like ship out, ships out of Legos. Um, they, you know, uh, space engineers have some really has some really cool ships, and I've I really like how they look. Yeah, I was just um, thinking of it from the angle of instant community. But we have Not a so ship that, in the that's a, that's a that looks like a potato with a giant gun in front of it. That's like an asteroid ship. You know? So it's spud. <laughs> it's called the Beast. Yeah, it has a giant, giant gun on it, but it's made out of an asteroid. So, so there's, you know, we had ships with chain guns and drills, which, which are definitely possible in, in other games, but I'm just going for the uniqueness. You know, uh, it's, it's actually pretty addictive to, to make ships with my artist guy. It gets yeah. me, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like drugs. I'm happy for like a week afterwards. Yeah, um, I, I played this thing. Uh, it was after you gave me the beta. I was like, mm-hmm. I lost the whole weekend to it. You know, and, yeah, 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 that's yeah, like, yeah. That's like back when Alex started making skyboxes and stuff. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. You know, we were doing yeah. all, and uh, and it's just you know you've been updating it like what on the daily pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, it, it's crazy motivating when people play it and they give me feedback. Uh, it's crazy motivating. Like that's when I'm the most productive. Like leading up to it and then during, super productive. You know, my back starts to hurt and things like that, and I got to take breaks. But it's like really, really motivating. Like if I kept that going at the pace I was going at uh, this this release month, we're almost about a month. I think we're actually past the month. I would like finish the game in six months versus a year or more, you know, or even or even faster. It's like crazy motivating, but it's sort of unsustainable. Um, yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy amount of updates. Definitely, people don't have to worry about early access not being updated because, you know. At the minimum, I'll update once a week, and usually it's about once a day. Um, and and it's really great that 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 players have been playing for extended periods of time because mm-hmm. then they get to and usually players play like from start to finish almost, which is really great because like every time a new player comes along, they'll play it start to finish. So in case I broke something or something's not working right, they'll tell me again. You know, mm-hmm. versus if they played only the beginning and then they stopped, uh, and so the only testing and feedback would happen in the beginning, and then it just it just kind of becomes stale at that point. Uh, so that was another that's another great thing uh, about the game being a little a little addictive and just kind of rewarding the player faster and and giving the player that freedom like hey you want to do this fine you want to do this fine um, yeah and, it, well, and I'll agree that. You know, given given the number of games that we're buried under, for me to blow yeah, the entire weekend playing bad, something, yeah, yeah. then it, it had to hold my attention pretty good, and and it's good at that. So yeah, yeah. Actually, I was actually kind of surprised because I was thinking like, okay, you know, uh, people will play it for ten hours at least um, in early access, and then at release, I'm planning like for thirty hours. You know, 
to give people, you know, their money's worth for 15 bucks. And then people were playing it for like 30 hours, like a day later, like the game was out for 20 hours. And this guy was like playing it for 20 hours. I'm like, dude, you gotta, you gotta take a break. I'm flattered, but you gotta sleep, man. This, this guy was looking at his stats, <laughs> but I was, you know, but it also makes me happy. You know, it's kind of a, kind of a funny thing, but yeah, some players have been playing it for over a hundred hours. Uh, and they're still going strong. They're like, Hey, maybe I want to be a pirate now, you know? Or yeah. uh, I want to attack a base, or I want to try to bounty hunting stuff, um, things like that, you know. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think in comparison to Void Destroyer One, it, it does have that sandbox appeal. And even without like the story, right now in early access, there's no there's no really story to speak of. So actually, what players are playing are kind of the most, in a, in a sense. Out of the whole, they're kind of the most bread and butter uh, type of game. You know, the most repetitive because it's like missions, uh, and they're like auto-generated missions, so they're not like Shakespeare type missions. You know, they're like your sitcom <laughs> type mission. You know, your weekly sitcom type mission. But it's kind of the same. You know, but you you still love it. But it's kind of the same, right? So once I get the story in, that'll be another 10, 15 hours or so. Uh, once I get like base capturing and ship capturing and taking over the map and uh, better economy into it, it'll just grow better and better. So um, I'm really excited about that stuff. You know, I'm really, really happy with, with how players have really played like an extended amount of time in there. So it really, really made me happy. And you just added seven types of missions to the game recently. Like a couple weeks ago. Go ahead, ago, Jim. Right? No, that, hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Okay. I hear you. Uh, okay, cool. Sorry. Um, no, I was saying you just recently added seven types of missions into the game. Just yes, there was another question if uh, multiplayer. So multiplayer is kind of one of those things where um, there's just so many things to do that multiplayer is at the is at the bottom of the list. Um, multiplayer is at the bottom of the list because it, it just becomes complicated testing things with somebody else. Um so it's 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 one of those things that I'm. It's always been on the wish list of mine. A lot of players love multiplayer games. Like sixty percent of players want multiplayer game. I saw that saw that stat somewhere. Um, it's it's just really 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 difficult for a single developer to pull off. And at the same time, a single player game can be a little bit more distinct. You can have like crazy weapons, um, crazy powerful weapons. You can make the player overpowered. You can have crazy uh, attack fleets going after a player and things like that in a single-player game. So there's definitely pros and cons. But to answer a question and chat to somebody, uh, I would love to make multiplayer things. It's just very, very, very unlikely. If the game was like tremendously popular where I could hire somebody, then maybe. Um, but right now I'm sticking to that niche, that single-player niche. And I totally appreciate that. Now, to get back to what... Uh, Are you guys muted? No, can you hear me? Or am I, or am I muted? Um, no, I don't know. He, no, Brian's talking. You're just not hearing him for some reason. That's really yeah. I, I see Brian kind of light up, but I don't hear Brian. Okay, I'm not muted or anything. Yeah, I think we're having some technical difficulties. Oh, come on, Discord! You were doing so well. You were doing so well. Unless they're like in their own chat somewhere. Yeah, you hear um, me do you there, have it? Right? Do you have him turned down? Like, if you right-click on his name or click on his name, there should be a volume slider? Yeah, he's all the way up. 
What? What the hell? Do you, I don't know, do Brian. You, do you guys hear Brian? Yeah, we hear him fine. Yeah, hi. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I, I don't hear Brian at all. Well, you want to you want to try to disconnect and reconnect, and maybe it'll sync yeah, back up. Brian, try try saying something again. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'll uh, I'll reconnect. Okay. Ah, uh, baby steps, folks. Baby steps. It's it's weird how Jim and Hunter can hear me, but yeah, we and, hear everybody. That's and, the weirdness. And, and 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 people on the stream apparently can hear me fine. Paul, can you hear me now? There we go. There you are. Yay! I'm sorry, folks. I don't know what was going on there. Discord was being weird. Uh, I was asking about the mission types. Uh, You just added seven mission types to the game recently. And And how many are there in total, and how many more are you thinking of adding? So what we're talking about is these auto-generated missions. Um, So basically, they're they're just kind of they're just like short bread and butter. Make your make your money to buy it a better ship type of missions uh so there's over 30 now um and once in a while I, I keep like a log of different types of missions once in a while i'll just crank them all in like i'll take a week or two uh so there's like your really really simple one like destroy debris um which is just like your training mission type of a thing which i don't expect players to do more than once and then you get a little more complex with like a courier mission teaches the player to go from point a to point b and introduces a little bit of combat. Then there's escort, which which I can actually have more enemies coming at the player uh, because now there's a ship to take some of the fire from uh, from the enemies coming in. So then I introduce a little bit, little bit of uh, intercepting, defending things like that. And then it just kind of gets crazier and crazier from there with more and more, uh, more and more missions. I just added like combat escort, which is where you're escorting a bounty hunter uh, corvette. Which actually turns out to be a pretty big fight. I just added also a mining ship escort. Now, this mining ship is so big, you're not actually following it to the asteroid field because it would just take too long. So you're actually meeting it at an asteroid field where it starts to mine for resources and you protect it while it's doing it. Now it's a really cool ship. It's got these spinning beam lasers, so it's almost like this background, like this sci-fi weather's background while you're while you're defending it. Uh, there's also destroy smuggler cache where you're destroying cargo pods. And of course, some pirates are going to show up. And of course, you might be tempted to steal those cargo pods for yourself. Um, and there's all kinds of missions like that. There's uh, there's variations. And hopefully, I'll keep adding more and more interesting missions. And then, of course, there'll be like story missions right. added. So um, it'll be kind of like which, Freelancer and Privateer where you have these big story missions. And then in between exactly. those, you do these smaller missions to, right. uh, to make money, which I'm completely happy with i'll tell you missions in this type of game are my bread and butter so the more variety you already have tons of variety but now that you're here i'm hearing you're gonna add more <gasps> that just gets me a little yeah, hot bothered. the little more hot. the more the better you know because the yeah. player like repeats these for for their goals like yeah i want a better ship i'm gonna repeat it the goal would be is that there's always going to be a mission that the player loves and wants to repeat versus a player that they're like well a mission versus a player feels like, oh man, I have to, I have to repeat this one. God damn it again. You know, oh, this sucks. Uh, and of course these things do get repetitive. It's just the nature of games. Games are repetitive. Uh, but the more variety, the less at that point where it gets repetitive. Uh, and then you might land at a different base, which has their own set of missions. Um, 
and the challenge is, is that I have these, these different factions and then I try to think like, well, okay, well, what would this faction, what would their missions be? You know, like for example, civilians are more about protecting and repairing and escorting and mining and things like that. And then the military, well, the military is not going to tell you to destroy something or hunt something really, because that's their job, right? They're going to tell you to do scout scouting missions against pirates and clean up jobs and things like that. Then the pirates are going to be the reverse of the civilians. Instead of protecting a transport ship, you're going to be hunting a transport ship. And uh, bounty hunters are going to be about combat and chasing people down. So it's actually one of those funny things. Again, I put on myself that these different factions have to have their own sort of unique missions kind of tailored to their factions. So it, uh, it, it, I'm like, okay, well, I need a faction for these guys, but oh, it's got to fit their theme. And again, I'm making stuff harder on myself. That's just how it is. It's just how it is with game design. So, so question, yeah. if, if the player was not there, right, but you just mm-hmm. set the universe map to do its thing and all the factions did their thing, you know, and the pirates and everything, what would actually be happening on the map if I just watched that for a day? Like, so, is there territory that changes hands or is it just so the like... The way I explain it is that if you if you picture a map, right, a world map will have like empires and... World War II, there's like territories taken and gained, right? Uh, but if you imagine space within that empire, let's say the United States, let's say you, you imagine um, Arizona, right? Somewhere kind of far away, which is is not that populated and it's a desert, you know? Uh, that's kind of where you are. So pirates might might gain a stronger foothold in Arizona, but they won't probably they probably won't take the whole thing over. You know, so like the military is is not going to fight another military because it's the middle of the country in that sense. Uh, so so empires are it's like you're within an empire. So if you watch the map, you would see like the sandbox life. You would see transport ships doing their thing, bounty hunters hunting pirates, pirates attacking transport ships, holding asteroid fields. You would so see the, so the factions are like are like um, states. In a united country, so, no, of so they're like, countries. Uh, so you know, the military faction is just like our military, let's say, but they're more like a peacekeeping police force. Um, and then the pirate faction would be like a gang, would be like a criminal syndicate, you know, be like the mafia in Chicago mm-hmm. or wherever. So do and the pirates, the civilian, do the pirates grow their own bases? And yeah, the pirates have their own or? bases. Um, Bases are set, so that's the thing. So a lot of times in the, nowadays you see like procedural generation and things like that. Um, and I'm staying away from that where there is some procedural like sandbox life, but the bases are there and the bases are always going to be there. It's like a set set map. You know, bases okay, so are almost so like you can't cities. kill off the pirates then, so you'll always have you a, actually a probably will be able to kill off the pirates, which will make the game a little more boring. Like you'll be able to capture their bases. So so at that point you kinda are the pirate. You know, you are the threat at that point. <laughs> um, nice. And that's kinda where where the game will most likely head is um is you'll pretty much take over the entire map. And you'll you'll have a good reason, bad reason, whatever you want to call it for it. Uh, but essentially that'll be kind of the or one of the goals. At, at some point, you know, you're just gonna want everything, right? Yeah. Uh, you got the fleet, now you gotta use it. What are you gonna use it against? Well, you're gonna use it against other fleets. 
And what better way than to to capture bases to build their ships using their bases to to mm-hmm. capture more of their more of so, their uh, fleets. So whenever I let, let's say because um, you start out you have a single ship, and I've upgraded my ship multiple times, and I've mm-hmm. got my ship and one wingman. So, but the missions have generally stayed about the same though, you know, so it, it's like, I didn't see a big difficulty spike whenever I got a better ship. So yeah, does, is not... the universe just what it is and then you're in it or does it actually scale as the player gets stronger? It doesn't, it does and it doesn't. It, uh, and there's things that need to be worked on a little bit more, but basically if you went to a pirate field, the pirate field will have like 30, 30 pirate ships of various classes. So uh, if you went there, you'll get the difficulty spike. Um, if you went to a pirate base and you didn't bribe them not to kill you, um, there'd be like 30 or more ships over there that they would just wipe the floor with you. But if you took a fleet over there, then in the future, you'll be able to capture that base. Um, so it kind of scales depending on what you do. Now, okay. in terms of missions, if you increase the mission difficulty, then more ships will spawn in that mission and, and larger ships will spawn in that mission. For example, to give you one, one simple, simple uh, change in difficulty. Uh, and then what happens is you also get paid more. And because you get money for bounties, you also get paid more for that. With, with uh, you know, When you kill a Corvette, you get much more money than when you kill a fighter. So it's kind of up to the player now when you start taking over missions in the future when that's available, uh, the other factions are not going to, not going to take kindly to that. You know, it's basically like you becoming a warlord and taking over a city, you know, uh, when you take over pirate bases, like the military is not going to really care, you know, they're going to be like, whatever, but you're going to run out of pirate bases. You're going to have to take a civilian base, uh, at that point, or maybe you'll, that will be the first base you take over, and then the military will care at that point. So in that sense, it will, it will scale difficulty, where now the military is against you, and they have really powerful ships. Uh, so that will be worked on, that sort of thing. Right now, the game is is sort of like up to the point of capturing ships. After capturing ships, you're going to be capturing bases. After capturing bases, you're going to be taking over the entire map and and just, just really, really crazy large battles. And then the storyline will get put in to sort of guide you along a little bit. Um, and then that sort of a thing. So, so in a way it responds to you and, and in a lot of ways it still needs a, needs a lot of work on. Okay. But because you allow the player to actually scale the difficulty whenever they go on a mission, mm-hmm. that that's the thing, like what I wish that elite did, right? Because it's, it's like, it doesn't give me a challenge or the challenge yeah. is too much. And you know, some, there's no sweet spot. And some, you know, there's been at least one player who said, Oh, that's really gamey, you know, that you that you have a button that increases and decreases the difficulty. But um, it's a game. And it's, but it's a game. Exactly. <laughs> it's a game. And you can almost justify it. I mean, a lot of times in these, in these space sims, missions are either too easy or too hard. So you like, toss away like most of them and then you're like hunting for a mission all right this one's a good difficulty and it pays good you take that one mission might as well just be one mission at that point you know uh so then my my solution to that because i'm always trying to my game is a lot of times a response to other games 
Uh, so my solution is like, hey, you know, you like that mission, but you don't like that difficulty. Well, you can change it to an extent. Uh, and you can hire some chips to help you out too, to help you that. So a um, lot, lot of kind of thought went into it. So in, in a way with, with, with every game, you kind of have to play the game that's there, you know, instead of trying to fight it and trying to change it. Um, at the same time, because I'm so open to, to feedback, players often like want to change a lot of things because they see me like responding to their feedback. So they, they get kind of like feedback happy, which is great. But at some point it's like too much. And I'm like, man, I can't do that. I can't make it into a 4X game too. You know, <laughs> I can't, I got to stop at some point, you know, even, even myself. No, that makes sense. But I I am so far loving the variety, but there are a lot of missions I haven't seen. Like uh, apparently there are racing missions in the there game. There are racing missions. Uh, so they're inspired by X-Wing, that, that tunnel, that tunnel training yes, thing. Yes, the one that everyone had to go through. That. Yes, everyone yeah. knows the tunnel. Yeah. So they're, they're not exactly tunnels, but they're rings you fly through. And and every mission is pretty much optional right now. So you can, if you don't like it, you don't have to, you don't have to play it. Every mission tries to give a particular challenge to you, like this one is, is flying through them. And the first one is pretty easy. The second one is harder because there's like debris. Third one is even harder, just like asteroids and mines, um, things like that. But yeah, there's there's racing missions. Um, there's uh, like free for all combat missions. There's like two versus one. Those are for the sort of gambling faction. Again, each faction has their own mission, so like the gambling faction would have sort of like events versus telling you, hey, we need to kill you, kill a bunch of pirates. It says like, hey, go over there and fly through some racing hoops, uh, that kind of thing. And eventually I want to have like a trench run uh, <laughs> before those guys, like a nice. room base and a trench run. I definitely want that. You know, That's all down to, uh, to money, to assets for a trench run. Uh, but sooner or later, I, I'm pretty sure we'll have a trench run in there. So there's all kinds of missions. Uh, there's clear asteroid fields. And the thing with missions is you unlock them. Uh, so so right away, usually you don't see the toughest mission. Uh, you play the easier ones. You kind of work your way up. You gain mission ranks. And then you um, then you get that, get that tougher mission and, and, and sort of more fun mission in a sense. But at that point, you're ready for it. It's kind of addictive, too, to unlock the new missions. You're like, oh, what else am I going to unlock? What other mission is here? It kind of makes you stick around that base a little bit to check out the other missions for that variety. But I got to keep keep adding more and more uh, missions just for that. Some factions don't have enough. They just they just need, need quite a lot more. Now, you keep uh, mentioning these factions. We really haven't talked about that. Like, how many factions are in the game, and how can the player join them? Like, do missions for them? Do you have to... Yeah. Like, is there so a you guild can... you have to join? You know, that kind of thing. So there's no... In a way, there is. In a way, there isn't. So, like, there's two pirate factions. Um, the game would be too boring with one pirate faction, because either they wouldn't fight <laughs> each other... Nice. Uh, or you would join a pirate faction and you kind of couldn't fight other pirates. So you always got to have at least more than one pirate faction. Hopefully we'll have more. So there's two pirate factions and you can dock at their bases. If you, if you, you know, if you prove yourself a pirate, you can dock at their bases and you can do missions for them. And again, you're going to be doing pirate missions where you're going to be killing scouts of, of there that are scouting their fields. You'll be ki- killing um, transport ships that don't pay that haven't paid protection money, that sort of stuff. 
and you do that, you have to buy one of their ships. So in a sense, you're like, you are joining them. Buying their ship is a crime. So now you're wanted. You can't dock at uh, military bases for a period of time. Um, but you can also do bounty hunting missions where, again, you, you dock at their base. Uh, you buy one of their ships because, you know, you got to be a bounty hunter. you got to fly one of their ships. Uh, so in a sense, you can join factions. Now, what will probably happen is each faction will have, uh, like, those generated missions, but also have, like, like sort of side quests, like in Oblivion or, uh, like, in the old Daggerfall um Oh, call it? those awesome. type of missions were a little more unique, you know, like kill 10 rats in somebody's basement. Right. But there'll be a little story to it. So the goal is, the dream is to add those missions as well there to kind of have, give you more of a feel for their mission with like dialogue and stuff like that. Yeah. Not just, not just yeah, stuff. You just, you gave oh me the, the best idea. Oh my God. So you have, you have a, a base that looks like a shark and you have a base that looks like a lion. Mm-hmm. You should have a quest that the player has to go out and kill 10 rats. And their ships they're that look pirates. like rats. They're but they actually <laughs> look like rats. And you bring yeah. the tails back. Because <laughs> that would be like a joke on EverQuest and every MMO. Every other. Yeah, MMO. I know. It's a joke that it becomes uh, not a joke anymore, right? It's like, yeah, oh, it's, it's like, so funny, huh? But still like do the, it. The first mission. That could be the training yeah. mission. It's like, go get like 10 every, rat tails. Every other quest is like, oh, you got to kill 50 uh, of these uh, orcs. And you got to get 10 of their tongues. And you know what? Not every orc has a tongue, unfortunately. Yeah, I've always wondered about, like, you know, go get wolf legs. Well, wolves have four legs. See, so what, happens is, five to get leg. what happens is you're, you're, you're striking them in such a way you damage their leg. That's how I... Yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> when Crunk swings that sword, exactly. he hits so hard, they just explode into pudding. Exactly. And, so the goal is to to have a little bit more of the joining a faction, joining a guild, like the bounty hunting guild. Right now, that's not in. Uh, it's it's sort of a little more impersonal at this point, but that that's one of the goals. Now, can you be a member of multiple factions like you can in Oblivion and whatnot? Yeah, is it, definitely. Oh, you okay, if great. you if you try hard enough, you definitely can. Um, for example, the pirates. Um, a lot of their missions are like, "Hey, kill civilians." You know, which which kind of makes it a little more difficult trying to be friendly with civilians and bounty hunters and, and military. But more missions will be added where it's like, hey, you know, there's a rival pirate faction. Go kill them, too. So you'll be able to kind of pick and choose. But even so, when you buy one of their ships, uh, your 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 crime, your crime timer goes up. So then you sort of kind of have to avoid military bases at least a little bit. You know, so... So if you work hard enough, you can definitely uh, be a part of "quote unquote" every faction. The goal is is that the player sort of like travels around and experiences the whole game. Because you know, when I code in a mission for the pirates, um, if the player doesn't play that mission, well, that kind of wasting my time, right? Um, so I definitely want to encourage that. Uh, we have a question from the chat. What? Because uh, apparently the base we're talking about, the shark, is near a gate. Uh, Alex is asking, "What the what is the gate in the middle of the map for?" So, um, yeah, kind of a backstory, I guess, if you want to go really far back. But long, long time ago, it was going to be a sandbox game before Void Destroy One, and it was going to be in our solar system or in some alien solar system. And there was a star in the middle of the map, and the star gave off light. Right? You always have to have a light source, right? Otherwise, everything's just going to be black. 
So a star in the middle, that's a great thing, right? And then I'm like, you know what? Well, the scale doesn't work. Planets just don't work on a scale. They're either too small or too big. So let's make it asteroid basis. But I'm like, hey, I still need a light. So then I put like a crazy artificial sun with like magically being generated by this crazy stargate, you know? So that stayed over from part one to part two. And uh, potentially that's in the game. That's how ships arrive at this region of space. So that's one way. Uh, so potentially that'll be part of the story. It was part of the story in part one. It was a big part of the story. And hopefully we'll be part of the story uh, in part two. That's basically is a space game. It's like an accelerator that pushes you forward or back. Um, right now it's being powered by, by the, this crazy plasma, which is the sun, which again provides light, kind of really convenient. It's also really convenient as like a zero, zero point on the map. You can orient yourself using it, you know, uh, when you orient yourself in the overall map, it can be kind of hard. Um, so, so if you, if you sort of look at that, you kind of know, okay, well, that's the middle. So to the right are going to be this space to the left is going to be this space. So it's sort of like a compass. So it serves a bunch of purposes. How big is the map? And is there only one or are there going to be other maps you can jump to? So there is one map. So, so how big is the map is one of those questions that's, that's pretty common. You know, I really wish the more common question would be how fun is the game, you know, because, uh, okay. How fun is the game? (laughs) Oh, it's the best game ever. It's so great. The the most best game ever. But that's, that's a more important question actually. Right. But players are kind of thinking, well, the bigger Hmm. the map, the more fun the game. So that it's not kind of the same question. It's like a, no, that, kind of a related question. That's not always true. I mean, you have some games like Oblivion or what was that one game? Fuel, that driving game where it was like a massive map, but there was like nothing on it. You know? Yeah. So there's this, there's this balancing act, right? So uh, the bigger, it, it kind of gets attention to have like, oh my God, it's infinite and gigantic and there's a bajillion planets and you'll never see them all. Oh my God. You know? It's amazing, right? It's that's really easy for like uh, the gaming media to write about that there's quadrillion planets because it's such a big number, right? You can make a really great headline on it. So the map isn't really meant to be. Is, is, the map is a representation of an area of space, um, and it's it's meant to give you a like a living universe or living area of space. Um, so you see a lot of ships kind of going back and forth. So uh, how big is the map is kind of hard to answer. It's, it's like 1 to 1,000 scale. Um, so it might be bigger than you expect, but probably smaller than people would want. Like the, like I could, if I could cram as many bases in there as I could, I would. It's just, again, matter of funds. Technically, the map is infinite, you know. Technically, it's, it's infinite. It never really runs out. It's just at a certain point, you don't see bases anymore if you, if you travel. Uh, so the map is going to be expanded, but it's kind of a hard question to answer. How big is the map? I think there's like 15 asteroid fields, which are kind of like samey. Um, mm. But there's also, I think, 10 bases, which each one is, is pretty unique. Uh, and more stuff will be added, like broken gates and debris fields and radiation fields and things like that. Uh, when, when these missions... When these missions generate an area, it just pops out of, pops out in there. So it's technically it's like infinite. Uh, it's almost like instances in an MMO, 
or it can be as big as I want it to be for, for whatever I want it to be in that sense. So I don't even know how big is the map. I'm not like really mathematically <laughs> oriented player, you know, right. or person, human being, developer. So like, I don't know. I think it's like 10,000 by 10,000 where every unit is a thousand. So 10,000 by a thousand. I don't know what that is, but I mean, it doesn't take long to travel it. You know, that's not the point of the game. It, it would take you like, in overworld mode, it would take you probably less than five minutes to travel from one part to the next, uh, which becomes really important when you have a large ship and that ship travels slower. You don't want that to take a long time. You know, you want fights to happen in between too. So it's one, this one person who's like this super huge fan, he was like going nuts. He's like, the map is too small. Oh my God. He was like ranting and raving on the forums. He's like, you're wasting your time if the map is as small as the demo. I'm like, dude, that's the demo. And then he's, and I checked and he played 25 hours in the demo. I expected like three hours. The guy played 25 hours. It's, it's, it was kind of mind boggling. Uh, and I'm like, dude, it's, you know, it's, it's a representation of the map. So relax, you know, you're going to have fun. If you had fun for 25 hours in a demo, you're going to have fun in the full game. I think he played like over a hundred hours now or something. So, so how big is yeah. the map is kind of a funny question. Well, uh, we do, I, and I kind of agree with you. Like, uh, again, using the elite example, that map is massive, but there's a lot of nothing there. Whereas smaller, more focused games like Evacron or yours or jump gate or whatever, I think are much more fun and fleshed out yeah. because there's yeah, more back to in, Back in jump gate, you know, like your home base, right? You had one, right? Yeah. If you were Solarian or I forget the, the names of the other guys. Quantar, Quantar and Octavius. Quantar. Yes. Octavius, right? If you, if you were one of those factions, you like, that was your home. You know, you remembered the area around it. You remembered the other bases around it. You remember where to go to find the enemies, right? It was like your home. It felt, felt like that. That's what I want too. You know, and having part one yeah. and having some of the bases from part one and part two, some players are like, yeah, I, you know, I flew back to this base and it was awesome. That's the kind of feeling I want. Um, so definitely while you can admire huge, gigantic maps, if they were filled with millions of players, that'd be one thing. Um, and you just had constant stream. That might be, that might be something that Elite is actually lacking is just millions of players. Maybe that's what they need. Um, to uh, I'm sure they'd love that. I'm sure they would love having millions of players. Yeah. Uh, we do have uh, a few questions from the chat. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you uh, finished your thought? I'm sorry. No, no, I'm good. Okay. Uh, the first question, uh, going back to the factions we were talking about a few moments ago, do factions actually acknowledge uh, multiple affiliations? I always had it on Skyrim's mage dude. Always called you Nimbus, so even though you become the head of the mage guilds and mages guild in the meantime, yeah. yeah. So that will hopefully be one of those things in the future. Um, yeah, the thing in Void Destroyer, if somebody calls you an imbecile, you can just blow them up. <laughs> so they won't call you that again, right? <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll be a big thing to work on. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Plus, the thing about, and again, these are awesome games, right? But the thing about that I'm going to try to avoid too, like on my wish list, basically, is sometimes you do five missions and you're the guild leader, you know? And you didn't even cast a spell because <laughs> you just whacked the, you I just know. whacked the dude with your sword, right? You my didn't actually cast the spell. 
My favorite uh, thing is when you become like the, let's say, the head of the Mages Guild, the uh, headmaster of that school. Yeah. And you're like, okay, guys, I'll see you. I got shit to do. You guys good? Yeah, All right. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to, yeah, yeah. no, res- I got no responsibility in this role. It's just like, it's just like more crap yeah. and XP. Okay. I'll see y'all. Have fun yeah. uh, running the school. I'm, I'm, well, me, I'm yeah. in absentia. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so those two things I'll really try to hard against, like not making it like insignificant where if you're the leader, you kind of have to earn it. You feel like, oh man, that's that's great. You know, my fleet did this, my fleet did that. Versus like, oh, I killed ten rats, then I killed a dude over there, then I found the secret uh, mushroom, and then I killed the major leader, and I'm now I'm the boss, and the guy still calls me <laughs> a initiate. You know, uh, yeah. or yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely stuff to to work on. Um, those are great games. Um, but yeah, they got little niggles there that you can always yeah. make fun of because they're just so expensive. This is wishless yeah. stuff. And this is wishless stuff. Yeah, of so it's, it's, uh, I hate to overpromise, but uh, that, that's definitely being a gamer and playing all these same games that I, that you guys played. I see the same stuff, you know, I, I feel you for most of it. Then it's just a matter of my skills and my time and my uh, abilities and the amount of funding, you know, exactly. those, those are the big limitations, but, uh, Either way, the game is going to be a unique, unique experience. That's awesome. All right, we have a couple more questions from the chat. Uh, what considerations did you need to take account when building your game engine? I guess to take in account. Well, you know what? I did it the worst way. Well, the worst and the best way possible. You know, when I started making the game engine, I wasn't really make. I was. I just started making a game. Um, there's, there's various different ways you can make uh there's various different thoughts on how you, how to best make a game some people say uh get a off the shelf game engine and do it some people say start from scratch um when i started i wasn't really i was i was just experimenting making triangles on the screen so i used a a rend- rendering engine open source rendering engine called ogre which also powers other games like uh yeah sure yeah. rogue Rogue, goddamn it, Rogue Galaxy. Yeah, Rogue Galaxy, for example, uh, Torchlight. Those games powers that powers the, the same rendering engine powers those games. So I use that. So I would skip all the math. I used the uh, physics engine for physics. So I would skip all the math there. So my main thing was to to work in C which is uh, just just basically a, a programming language that gives you a ton of power. A ton of power means uh, a lot of freedom, either for good to tell the computer what you want, but at the same time means a lot of bugs because you told the computer what you want and it's wrong, but you told it is wrong and now it crashes. Uh, so my main thing was to have open uh, open source uh, components and to work in C++. And I did it by learning, so I'm like, okay, well, now I need sound. Let me look at the sound engine. Now I need physics for collisions and uh, projectiles hitting other things well let me look at a physics engine a lot of times the way i did it was really really bad i went with the first one that worked (laughs) so i would struggle with like this physics engine that sound engine didn't work i'm like okay let me try this one and then it worked and i'm like all right that's cool let's move on you know so um a lot of luck a lot of trial and error you know um it's kind of funny because 
because uh, the way a lot of things is taught in school just doesn't really translate well in real life. Uh, let's say in the programming class or even the writing class or painting class or any kind of class, you know, you have an assignment the last two weeks or something at most, right? Maybe a month. But these things take years, you know? So nobody ever teaches you how to do something that's going to take years. You just got to learn yourself. Um, so I definitely went through the best way and the worst way possible. But either way, I'm here. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just, just how it goes. So you don't, that question really doesn't matter too much. Unfortunately, there's some questions that aren't important. So what consideration did you make? You're kind of trying almost to replicate what I did. Forget about that. Just, just do your own thing. Smack your head against the same wall I smacked. You know, you'll see the, 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 the spot I left there next to it, you know, but that's okay. That's just how you learn. Uh, you're going to, you're going to be jumping through the same hoops I did. Um, that's just how it goes, you know, definitely. Okay. God, we have like four more questions from the chat. That was great. But we have four more questions for the chat. Let me see. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, will there be shipping lanes or trade routes? That was one thing that made the universe feel alive yeah. for me and freelancer. There, there are, there are shipping lanes. They're basically between bases. Um, so, so it's kind of cool because there's bases point A to point B. The overall map is two dimensional, so you really see them like traveling between them. Uh, and then, of course, pirates will show up, and then, of course, bounty hunters will show up. So. Oftentimes you'll be escorting something and you're like, oh man, this might be a lot. All of a sudden bounty hunters show up because they're doing their routes from base A to base B also. So they kind of tend to intersect. Um, so yeah, there's definitely going to be trade routes. Now with trading, a lot of feedback was that it's too simplistic. I want it to be simplistic, but I don't want it to be quite as simplistic. So there's going to be a little bit of dynamic economy where... Um, the more resource gets bought and sold, the, the, the cheaper or the more expensive will be, um, that kind of thing. So there's going to be some some work on the economy just to kind of vary it up. So the ship is not going to go, your ship is not going to go to A to B forever. It'll be like, okay, well, now I sold this stuff. It's not that profitable, so I'm going to go to C now, that kind of stuff. A lot of work needs to be done on the economy. Uh, the great thing is I'm not a huge economy guy. But there's a lot of players that are not just like use their feedback for that for that kind of stuff. Well, I I always love a good dynamic economy, so I totally appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it'll one. be simple. It'll be simple, but it needs to be a little more complex. You know right what? Now. I mean, the economy in uh, Privateer wasn't really complex, and yet it it was just enough to let the player feel. Like they were accomplishing something. Like I, I found a good route this time, you know. So that's yeah, really, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. that's really, I think, all we need is just to feel like we accomplished something. Yeah, just so it's viable. So you can do missions, you can hunt bounty hunters, you can mine, or you can have trading. Just so it's viable. So either path gets you a good amount of money and it's fun, and you're not grinding it. Those are the goals. That it's fun, it's it's rewarding, and you're not grinding it. Those are the core goals. If I can nail those, then I've, I've done a good job. Everything yeah. else isn't as important. Well, I, I, uh, in my time with the game, I've, it's never felt grindy. Or if it is, it's the grind I like. Or it's, oh, another mission, no more money, yeah, another upgrade. You know, that's the right, kind of right, grind right. I enjoy. And it's, it's hilarious because I watch some of these YouTube videos, and they're like, wow, I have all this money all of a sudden. I can buy a new ship. And they're <laughs> it's like, It's not Surprise. all of a sudden. It's not all of a sudden. <laughs> 
it depends which mission you take. Like, like if you take a mission and there's a ton of enemies, you get a lot of bounties, you know, um, you can jump from ship to ship pretty quickly. Um, and players are surprised and and they were just taught the wrong thing that missions are, are grindy. And I mean, the play, the games are grindy that they shouldn't be, they should just be fun. You know, I love that Um, attitude. I love that attitude. So let's see more questions. Uh, will there be planets eventually? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh. spoiler alert in, uh, in part one, there was a planet, um, or, or sort of in, in the Oort cloud, which is where it is, where the game takes place, which is basically the edge of our solar system. You know, we have what nine planets. Oh man, I'm probably like embarrassing myself, but we have, we have X number of planets, right? And there's stuff that we don't consider planets like Pluto anymore. And then there's stuff that we haven't even discovered yet in the Oort cloud, you know. So depending how your definition of a planet is, a big giant rock, right? Uh, there's gonna, there's probably going to be big giant circular rocks in the Oort cloud. And it's kind of cool because the science actually pans out on that. There's like, there's like objects that we don't consider planets, but that are big, giant, and round in the Oort cloud. Um, which is again the edge of our solar system, so it's kind of cool. It will probably exist now. Can you land on them? Probably not. You know, what can you do with them? Well, I'd probably just look at them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you get close to them, the the uh, atmosphere is going to blow you up. You know, that kind of stuff. Planets are tough because there's these big giant things in the middle of your of your route. You know, what do you do with them? Like either either it's like super ambitious, land on them, or just like look at them. You know. Uh, they're they're pretty tough in ter- terms of game design. Okay, let's see more, more questions. Oh my god, uh, hang on. Ah, do you plan on open sourcing uh, your engine? Yeah, I've always I've always wanted to. Um, what I would love to do is to create like a pack where somebody could just like compile the game because it's. Open source is like the easier part, but like just explaining how to like get the game to compile so you can actually change it. Uh, it's always been on my wish list. In fact, I wanted to do that for, for part one, uh, since part two came out. And it's, it's just one of those things where I'd love to do it. And there's no reason that why not. There's like, Oh my God, somebody's going to steal my game. Oh no, nobody's going to do that. It's, it's just impossible. Uh, it's, it's just a matter of time. Like, Hey, having a time to do that versus working on part two or part three or whatever. Uh, so I definitely always planned it. Uh, it's, it's just, I haven't gotten around to it. All right. Well, uh, the next question is, is if you say the map is infinite, how did you solve the floating point? Precision yeah, again, issue? I'm not a, I'm not a uh, <laughs> big math guy. So technically the map is infinite, but I guess, if you get to some point, the game will crash or it will just be crazy, wobbly, wobbly, or you'll get bored and you won't get there, you know? So the map is infinite, but infinitely empty at, at the extents. But I could, there's a million ways to solve that problem. You could just, you could have the player be in the, in the, in the middle of it always. And instead of the ship moving, you could have the, uh, the map moving and the ship standing still, and that way the floating point precision is always there. So so games are really, really illusions, you know? They're trickery. Um, <laughs> you can do anything in a game, you know? It's true. Like, once you get far away, you could say, you could, you could take those objects out, because you can't see them anyway, right? 
And you could say that you've traveled bajillion units in that direction. It's infinite, but I mean, it's infinite, but it's empty. So whatever, right? It's, it's just a word. A lot of times with humans, there's just words, you know? Uh, they don't really mean a lot. They're not really worth a lot. Infinite, we, heard, you know? we heard that argument It's recently. a concept. We heard that argument recently in a political... I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, Next. The, sorry, yes. I couldn't help myself. Uh, the last question from the chat for the time being. Uh, this one's a bit technical, uh, Friendly Fire asks... But he read that you're using CEGUI for your HUD and such. How is it? Would you use another UI framework if you had to start over? Because he hates making UI, apparently. Yeah, so that's pretty much the same answer as before. So it's like the first one that worked, and it's the one that kind of came with Ogre. <laughs> okay. Um, that's great. And making UIs... Is is pretty bad. C GUI is is pretty great, but the problem is is that uh, there's updates to it, and they're sort of branching away from Ogre in, in a sense. And the new updates like completely redid everything, so I would have to redo all my stuff. And at this point, I'm like, is it worth it? Uh, probably not, you know. So um, essentially, essentially, I looked into it, you know. I'd looked into using CGUI and it's, it's, it's amazing that it's free. Uh, it's, it's really, really incredible. Without all these free tools, I wouldn't be where I am. We live in an incredible time right now where we have like all this information, how to make a game and tools, programming languages uh, that people made, uh, great resources. You can go on the forum and ask the creator of CGUI for help. That's just amazing. You know, I really wouldn't be here while all these things, um, it's, 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 uh, it's it's tough, but it's made a whole lot easier by by these free resources on the web. That's pretty amazing. I've never heard of SeaGui before, but I'm looking at the the website and it looks yeah, they have some cool demos. Yeah, it looks pretty impressive. Yeah, probably a lot of a lot of games than you expect to use it. Um, a lot of hobbyists that never make games for money, they'll they'll just use it because um, it's just there. The thing about GUI and the thing about games, which is amazing, is um, there's like the visual layer and the behind-the-scenes layer, right? The visual layer is the one that gets the attention. Um, and CGUI could look like a world-class AAA uh, GUI engine. GUI is graphical user interface, it's like the buttons you click and the health bars and things like that. Or it could look like the worst crap. It just depends on the artist. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. The so, world is pretty amazing that way. So you have all these different things like ogre, different and components, different yeah, components. Yeah, yeah. How does that make making? Does that make making the game? That's hard to say. Does that make making the game that much more difficult when you have all these disparate uh, engine things like not, kind of bolted not together? Really, not really. So either you code it yourself or you grab a bunch of code from somebody else. That's basically what these tools are. It's just like a ton of code somebody else wrote. Uh, so like the physics engine, um, the physics engine tells the visual where the visual is. And then the GUI gives the information to the player uh, in terms of like, okay, you have 100% health or like message for the player, dialogue, text, things like that, you know? And then the sound engine gets the position from uh, the physics engine where the sound comes from, that kind of stuff. So really, they're just components of, of the game. Um, 
you know, in real life, you don't have a, unless we're all a simulation, you don't have a physics engine and a rendering engine, right? Um, so it's a little, little different, hard to explain, I guess, to somebody who's, uh, who didn't create a game or whatever, didn't dabble with game engines. But basically, you're, you're tricking the player. Um, you're tricking the player. So there's a physical layer. Uh, first of all, there's all, it's all data. It's all numbers behind the scenes. And then the visual side shows those numbers to the player. And then the physical side, the physics engine does the calculations, like what happens when stuff smacks into together, you know, what kind of force is going to be generated. Um, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. That sounds pretty amazing. Now let's get to probably one of my favorite topics on a game like this, the ships, because I don't think we've talked much about the ships. Uh, how many different ships are in the game and what different types of ships? Like, so can there's, you... I think, over 70, including variants. There's over <laughs> 70 ships, and the goal is for there to be at least uh, at least double. Uh, du- double 70. Double 70. Yeah. Oh, my God. At least, hopefully, but that, that really relies on money because, you, you know, you pay for ships, you pay for artists. Pay artists. Um... Yeah, artists got to eat, right? So um, there's all every kind of ship you can almost imagine is in there, or it's going to be added. So there's like repair ships, mining ships, transport ships. Uh, there's going to be ships that capture other ships, and there are ships that capture bases. And of course, there's like fighters. And in part two, there's the introduction of light, medium, and heavy. Uh, there's gunships, corvettes. You know, basically ships getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Carriers, destroyers, frigates. Dreadnoughts. So right now we're up to uh, a destroyer. So what happens is, you know, when you make a game, you kind of start in the beginning. So um, the majority of the ships are fighters. So you got a ton of fighters, and you got a bunch of gunships, you got a bunch of convor- corvettes, you got a bunch of frigates, and then as you kind of go higher and higher, it becomes a lot more sparse, right? So then the rest of the game, rest of the funds are going to go towards those bigger, bigger ships and then introduce the huge giant enemy super fleets, right? Those are needed to be added, uh, that kind of thing. So basically you, you have quite a lot of different types of ships. It's kind of funny when people ask, ask this question. The answer is pretty much all your space dreams come true. Uh, <laughs> well, you could you like could fund the development of unlimited numbers of ships if you just sold them as a JPEG. As a <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty. I mean, that's that's genius. Yeah, that's genius. Without man. mentioning you gotta, you any gotta names, got to give him credit though. That's that's genius. Uh, it's genius never to release a game because you can keep getting money for it. Well, it's genius know, right? is often a, a fine line to criminal, then I take it. Yeah, but yeah. if you finish the game, then the money'd stop. As so somebody who put no incentive. As somebody who put in zero money for Star Citizen so far, maybe I'm <laughs> biased. Oh, no. Maybe I'm biased for it because I I have like zero dollars in it. But they've been pretty open, right? I mean they've been pretty open with what they do. Maybe too open in the sense that it costs them a ton of money to provide all that kind of media, uh, <laughs> but that's me. I haven't given them any money, so uh, I haven't played their game. So hey, <laughs> what do I know? Yeah, I I did give them money and I haven't played it in a year, so I don't I feel like you're missing it's the only anything. Chris Roberts game I haven't played. I believe maybe that's not oh, true because wow. there's probably some game that he made 
Did you play? Fr- did you play Privateer Two? Did you play that one? Oh yeah, I, oh, I liked Privateer Two a lot. What? I liked it a lot. What? Yeah. I don't think we can be I friends anymore. Definitely liked it a lot. I don't know if we can be friends that was anymore my, after that. That was my introduction to uh, what's his name? Clive Owen, as an actor. Yeah, Clive Owen, man. Yeah, he was he was one of the best things about that game. I love that guy. I like that game. There's a lot of criticism I could I could say about that game. You know, um, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure you probably blew it more, but uh, I, I like Privateer too. I wish it was more like Privateer One. Don't get me wrong. I wish yeah, it was more like that. Yeah, but I uh, like. D- Dayton in the chat is right. I was fudging. It's Aaron Roberts who made uh, Privateer Two. Uh, his brother, yeah. Chris Chris Roberts' brother. Brother, um, yeah, gets the blame. <laughs> well, gets yeah. the blame for it. Sorry, I. That's one of my most hated like space games. I'm sorry. I like that. I like that, man. But I was probably in high school or something. So you can you can, if you want to be biased against the younger, you can <laughs> blame it on that. If you want. <laughs> blame my teenage self. I like that. Yeah. yeah, Dayton brings up a good point that Star Lancer was really good though, and it was. Yeah, and actually, I never played Star Lancer. Actually, oh, you should. Know. You oh, should. Ridiculously has co-op multiplayer. Yeah, for the campaign. Good. For the campaign, wow. it's got co-op for the campaign. That's rare. That's. I'm actually got, hard too. How many times did we die on that? I'm actually thinking mission? of putting together a um a series of of weeks where we play through it like once a week. I was thinking of doing yeah. that. Now that you mention it, you know, I love I love the channel. Like you're doing amazing work because at some point in the future somebody's gonna be like, Hey, I wanna check out space games, you know? They're gonna go to Space Game Junkie, like pull I'm up trying. all these awesome space games from the past. It's amazing. We're trying great work. We're trying over here. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. We're, we're very, very try- we're trying very hard over here. Um, so the things in early access right now. How is early access going for you? Because a lot of developers seem to be it seems to be a double edged sword where uh, certain people expect it to be finished and content complete when it hits early access, while other people have more realistic expectations. How are you finding it so far? So that's a great question. So the, 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 there's, it's kind of amazing because there's, there's people, there's all kinds of players, right? Some players will, will play for an hour, never touch it again. Some players will play to, for 10 hours and just love every hour of it. Some players will play 20 hours, love every hour of it. And then there's some players who play 70 hours and love up to that point and then be like, oh, I'm running out of stuff, you know? And they'll be like, hey, what about this? What about this? And at that point is when I can't keep up. Um, because it's just I just haven't gotten that portion yet. Um, and then it kind of gets a little frustrating uh, in terms of like my desire to get there to 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 get the game to that point. Uh, and there's some players who do things that I've never imagined. Like they have a hundred ships, hundred fighters, and they're like, "Oh, the game is so easy. I have a hundred fighters." <laughs> or they have like fifty trading ships or mining ships on mining, getting millions of space bucks right and i'm just man i just never thought of that you know so it's both amazing and a little frustrating in that sense um and just really really surprising a lot of times really really fulfilling people loving the game giving you feedback sometimes like frustrating where they find a bug and i'm like oh my god how did that get in there you know uh it's it's a really it's a really wild ride and and the really really important thing to remember is uh, you got to enjoy it while you're in it. You know, you got to enjoy while you're in it. Like as a developer, 
or as anybody doing any kind of a project, because it doesn't really matter whether you're doing game development or you're building a house or fixing a car, paying something, writing a book, whatever, whatever thing is you're doing that takes a long time, enjoy while you're doing it. Don't forget that, you know, it's easy to get like bogged down and crazy with issues and things like that. Just really enjoy while it's going on because you're going to miss it. So like the first month is like super crazy. First week is even crazier. First day is even crazier. And then it sort of dies down, which, which is where we are now. You know, it kind of dies down. It, it's a little quieter. You, you really miss it. You really miss it when you were just like couldn't sleep. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't sleep. You couldn't get up from your chair. You miss it. You know, it's kind of funny. It's like the Olympics almost. You you, you do all this time, right? It lasts like a week and it's over. And you're like, oh, man, it was rough, but I want to do it again. You know, it gets addictive. So early access, I think right now is going really well. Uh, but it's going to the point of the low, like in the middle of the low. Before release, just mm. I just really want like players to stick around, give feedback, new players to come on board, old players to come back, check the game out every week or every month. There'll be all kinds of new stuff. Definitely, you know, people people should hop back and give their feedback and test it and play it. There's that, a core folks? group that are doing that. There's a core group that are doing that, but just the more the merrier. You hear that, folks? Uh, jump but, in, jump into the game. If you're new or not, just get on the get on board this train. <laughs> Yeah, you can say you were there at the beginning, right? You, you were the cool, you were the cool crowd. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a spa- all the kids got I'm a space game hipster. It. I'm a total space game hipster. Yeah, I'm changing, exactly. I'm changing the site's name to spacegamehipster.com, and I'm going to complain about how uh, space gaming in the aughts was cool because no one else was playing them. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, I started like seven yeah, you years all ago. Get to, to yourself, huh? <laughs> It started like seven, eight years ago. There was like no space games back then. It was like me and the Evacron guy was like, that guy was like doing space games. I that bet he's been, even more like. That guy's been doing pissed. space games since the 90s, Forever. that guy. And that he guy, was like doing it through the time. He's been the, doing the same the, game since the 90s. Uh, through the Dark Ages, he was doing it. Well, it's it's interesting. He's been focusing more on the uh, the tr- Evacron trading games and less on the. Uh, the uh, the Avrock uh, Star Wraith of uh, military games. He hasn't made one of those in four or five years. So I'm wondering if just Evercron is a better fit for him. Um, sorry. <laughs> well, his latest one. His latest one is a lot more um, modable. Last I remember. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot um, flesh out. There, there's more combat in this latest one, I think. So maybe he's trying to meld the two together. You do have a point. He was like there, and now like Star Citizen Elite Dangerous, like come back and uh, take all the sweet, sweet glory. Right, right. it's yeah. it's weird. Like when I started the site uh, back in 2011, I thought I'd just be talking about the old games uh, hmm. all the time. And that that lasted about a year, <laughs> and yeah. all of a sudden, hey, Star there's Citizen. been a resurgence. There's been a resurgence, yeah. which is great. Yeah, yeah. Which is great, but we're, you got to wonder. There's been a awakening. <laughs> Yeah, but you gotta yeah, it's wonder. When, great. You gotta wonder when this definitely is gonna great. taper off because these things happen in cycles. Yeah, it's cycles, but um, yeah, there'll always be space games. Like the first games were like space games, I think. Yeah, like space yeah. War space was, like, War the first game or something. Uh, it was the second. There was the first one was a tic tac toe game that was made a few years before. Space War was the pretty much the second video game ever made. Yeah, it's um, pretty amazing. 
But then, like, most of the games after that were these ASCII Star Trek games that were made throughout the 70s that people would run on mainframes and such. Uh, So, yeah, Space Game has kind of been, like, the backbone of gaming, I think, for quite a long time. They they were made by like one dude with 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 some help, you know. So exactly. Uh, exactly. Most games were like that. Most games were indie games, right? So uh, yeah, <laughs> you had to buy them in the Ziploc bag from a dude who sold yeah, them at the so uh, at the, at the fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what games are. That's, that's not the only thing I used to buy in a Ziploc bag. Oh, boom! All right, so um. <laughs> So uh, how much longer do you think early access is going to last before you hit uh, 1.0? It's really hard to say. So my goal is like a year, but honestly, I would love to be under a year. Uh, well, a um, year seems reasonable if you're transparent about it. I mean, there doesn't seem, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong um, with that. I was late. Like my estimates are usually like late, you know, but the thing is uh, I, I'm just really trying to keep this motivation going where I just work, pretty much work non-stop you know I'm, I'm really trying to go get that going if i can keep that going it'll, it'll cut down on the process a lot um in terms of like you know still the same amount of work it's just the shorter time frame uh, i'm a full-time game developer so there's like really i should be able to get a ton of work done all the time you know um so the thing about releasing games is you get most money and again most attention most feedback at releases and the way the market is going is, is you almost want to just release every year. Um, I don't think you can release faster than a year uh, for the type of games I'm making, probably even two years or something. But if I want to, if I want to be a game developer sitting at home, then then that's one of those things. So I got to stay motivated. I got to just work as much as I possibly can and uh, as efficiently as, as I can. So the big goal is to be under a year. Uh, but again, keeping the same quality, I'm not going to rush it in terms of like, hey, you know, I didn't rush Void Destroyer 1. I didn't rush early access for Void Destroyer 2. I'm not going to rush release, but just like a really, really big component is to is to get 1.0 ready and then keep going, keep working on other stuff. Yeah, what do you, uh, what, what kind of plans do you have post-release? So post-release, there's a big spike of bugs and issues. Um, now with, with little guys like me, DLCs are a bad idea financially wise, unless they're free then they're like, whatever, you know, that's why I did the, the sandbox as a free DLC. Cause it's really doesn't make to sell DLCs as, as like little guys as me. Cause as percentage of your, your, your players are going to buy the DLC. So unless you have a really, really large pool, then, then it's not worth it. So Paid DLCs are out, so basically working on Void Destroyer three at that point. After okay. all the bugs are fixed, after like no, whatever else gets added, like no expansions, right? Now I'm not even talking about little DLC, like full blown no expansions. You're thinking just yeah, go right I, to the third one? Probably round. not. Probably not. I'll never say never. You know what I mean? Right. It's just the way the it's and it's a business decision. You know, it's mm. it's really a oh, business decision. Now, of course, the game is going to be super moddable, and I'll I'll support it till the end forever. It's just business decision-wise. DLCs don't make sense. Expansions don't make sense. Steam, the way Steam is organized, and see, it's, it's all about Steam. The way it's organized is new releases get the attention. And that's where most of your money comes from. Now, about money, the world doesn't work at this point. Uh, about money, then you got to get a job as a uh, IT manager or some other 
type of worker drones, right? Some of their low uh, life shit. By the way, I just got a job as an IT man. Wow, geez, thanks, guys. I just want to say this <laughs> Woo. Enjoy, enjoy googling and Reddit. <laughs> oh shit! Oh man! Enjoy Wikipedia. Get a you know, Void Destroyer Two is a pretty shit game. I don't really recommend it. Um, I was an IT guy. manager. You know, I loved, I loved, uh, I loved being an IT manager. Oh my god, did I love it! And then I started working on Void Destroyer. I started hating it. I was like so surprised. I'm like, dude, why did I love this job so much? And why do I hate it so much? It's just like the difference between working on your own stuff or working for somebody else. It's amazing, but I love being an IT manager. Holy crap. You got, you got, uh, it was really- like my dream job. And then all of a sudden I'm doing this and I'm like, dude, I love this so much that I hate being in an office. Oh, man. Oh, my God. It was amazing. You got a you amazing eye opening experience. You got some agreement there with you in the uh, chat. So we need to start wrapping this up. So uh, we usually, uh, if we have time, ask our guest what other games they are playing at the moment. So uh, besides, clearly, I saw how many hours you have in your own games, which is crap. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds uh, on Steam. But what else are you playing right now? Oh, man, I'm playing nothing right now um, because I'm just I'm just working all the time at, on, uh, on Void Destroyer. You know, when you, when you work on a game, you play it nonstop. Right. Um, but recently, I've played. Uh, you know, I played Dark Souls three a lot. I've played a bit of Darkest Dungeon, um, Dragon's Dogma. I played for a ton. Oh, that's Fallout a great four. Game. Fallout four, just a little bit. See what happens is I'll, I'll buy games like all the time. I'll play them a little bit for like a few hours. Sometimes two, sometimes five, sometimes ten, sometimes forty, etc. So I play a ton of games all the time. Um. I want to play the expansion to Dark Souls 3. Uh, I played the Def- Fact, which is pretty good. A little indie game for... Uh, oh, yeah. Fact is great. Yeah. It's actually too hard. I, they have the same issue as I do. That game is actually too hard, I think, my opinion. Rebel Galaxy I played for only 12 hours. I thought I played more. I kind of got to the point where I understood the game. Space Run. Loved that game. That was pretty cool. The swindle. Yeah, I, I play a ton of games, like, unless I'm not, you know, but I, all these uh, games are awesome. Yeah, with Defect. Always kind of like, like. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say with Defect, it's tough because you want to build this great ship, but then you got to remember it's going to get stolen, so it can't be yeah. that great. It's <laughs> kind of funny how it's a great idea, but it's almost. See what would see the problem is I think the real problem is with the fact is is you like the next ship you build is not that much more powerful than the one you just built. Yeah. So it's like and I'm always like when I played it I'm always like oh I want to put a turret on it oh crap now I don't have enough power oh I got to put a wing on it because I put the engine and now I can't maneuver oh now I can't put the gun on it I was always like fighting that. I think they they need, just need to rebalance it, but see, it's kind of too late now because they released all their attention got there. They're not going to get another spike, most likely. Kind of sucks because I think it's a really great game. I think it's the art is amazing in it. The ship editor is really awesome. Uh, the missions were the ones I played had a ton of variety. Um, there's so many great games out there, and, and, and there's so many horrible games out there. And they're both just like fighting each other, and like you, Brian, you play like 
50 games a week, you know? So it's like, I have no attention span. I've none. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, a, I'm like, I'm like Doug. In, and I uh, think uh, squirrel, you know, just have no exactly. And I think, you know, most players are not like you, but they're maybe 20% like you, let's say. And their attention span is like maybe, maybe twice as much, maybe three times as much as yours, let's say. But but they're not. But it's not too far off, and you can kind of understand why they'll go into a game. And if it's like a slower paced game, or if it's like a harder game, or if it's more more like learning curve to it, that they're not as into it. Or they want to like really go for the most popular games because they know that their their time is going to be best spent in them. So maybe the less popular games don't get as much attention. You know, uh, it's pretty amazing. We live in a great time for gaming. Uh, as far as gaming goes, it we live really, an amazing time. It really is like another golden age, at least for PC gaming, I think. Because there's just, I mean, yeah, I mean, you look on Steam and there's a lot of garbage. A lot of garbage. If you, if you but, love a particular genre, you can find like 10 great games for it right? for five bucks. Right? You like racing like games? There's Japanese a ton of them. There's the, you, could, you, could play, you can play one where you're a tank trying to date other tanks. You know, so you know, you there's, see, a, there's a game you see for that you. Porno Tycoon came out finally. Oh, God, somebody finally, finally yeah. made the game. Finally, we've yeah. all been waiting for it. Yeah, we've all been waiting for that one. I've been waiting with a uh, bated breath. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, been waiting for that. Yeah, we <laughs> live in an amazing time now. Of course, that means all these developers are like, are just like really holding on, holding on the seat of their pants. You know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's, it's uh, nice. Might be holding on to something else while they're playing uh, Fortnite Tycoon. But yeah, I mean, now we're getting even more city builders that were dead for a while. Now we're getting uh, Dayton, in the, in, Dayton in the chat mentioned Wipeout alikes, which were like nowhere for ages. And now we got like eight of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people one remember of, one these... of which is actually made by the Wipeout the yeah. developer. Exactly. Descent. Right, oh, there's man. two of them. There's the official one, and then there's the one made by the people <laughs> who made the original. But yeah, and then there's it, like the indie one. There's like the indie one. I there's a couple called. indie ones. There's sub level zero and neon. I and play that one. There's like so many ones I want to play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I oh my wish god. this is 200 games. Mine is like 700 because <laughs> <laughs> there's so much good stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, Oh, one speed mentioned F Zero GX, which I'm looking to get a copy of. If you know where I can get a copy of that for my Wii, uh, what about you, co-hosts Jim and Hunter? What are you guys been playing lately? I can see what you're playing on Discord right now, but what do you want to talk about? Well, <laughs> Hunter, you've been playing Thanks. tons of Star Wars Galaxies, tons and tons of that. I have not. Every time I'm on Discord, that's what you're playing. I don't. Don't know what you're talking about, Brian. It's, come on. <laughs> what what is this galaxy? You've been you playing every time I log into Discord, Table for Two is playing Star Wars Galaxies. Every time well, I think what yeah, he did so- is he renamed Eve to Star Wars <laughs> and he's still playing Eve, but he just fakes you out. <laughs> uh you can rename, by the way, that is a thing you can do. But um I'm I'm actually playing on the Star Wars Galaxies emulator server. Um from the uh, official SWG EMU guys. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with it. They're about 98% complete um, with getting the complete emulator up. I think We're they not have... Starfighter stuff. 
The Starfighter stuff is coming. It is on their planned list. It's like the last 2% that they're like having to deal with. Um, there is another, there's a couple other servers that have some of the Starfighter stuff. Um, I think like Bloodfin has just the basic flight down, but that's it. Like you can't really do anything else. And then uh, there's another server called Legends that's an NGE server that has almost everything in game, like everything. But they've had a lot of really weird community shit going on lately. Um, and so it's just kind of like stick with the guys who've been doing it the longest, <laughs> um, which is the SWG EMU guys. They kind of really know what they're doing and they're kind of drama free. So uh, well, those other guys I read in their forum, right. And it's like, well, the developer pissed some people off. So these other guys made a bunch of mods for the game in the community, but then they won't give the code to the developer. Or some shit, and I'm just like, wow, okay. It's like they're yeah. trying to force the guy out of his own project. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really kind of weird environment. Uh, Bloodfin is is kind of similar. They've got a lot of really weird community drama that just you're like, you know, I'd rather not. <laughs> well, Blood, <laughs> although Bloodfin, some of the... it, it became apparent it's a very closed community. Either you're a friend of his or you're not. Right. Well, and the cool thing that they're doing with Bloodfin, though, and I've got to give them props on this, is the amount of customization in the character choices. So, like, when you pick a race, like, you have a shit ton to choose from. It's um, it's quite impressive. But really, at the end of the day, I would rather play with a community that's not as toxic, in my opinion. So That's a word for it. So, I just, you know. But anyway, uh, I've been playing a lot of Star Wars Galaxies, and I've also been playing uh, just a number of other odds and end games. Um, I've been finishing up SWOTOR stuff, so I've been going through SWOTOR and finishing up the story for the new release of that. I'm kind of putting EVE on a hiatus until November. Uh, I've got Earth and Beyond loaded back up, because they've got an emulator for that. And uh, I think Brian and I, this Sunday... Are gonna be playing Earth and Beyond, and so why don't you now that you have a working install of that thing? Could you just Jump gate, uh, thank you. now now that you have a working install for um, Earth and Beyond? Could you zip that and put it somewhere so that I could get it and I'll play with you? Because <laughs> it, cause it's well, like the downloading and the patching is what's such a pain in the ass, right? It's not that bad. It's like it's three, actually not that bad. It's like three things. It's like you down you install Earth and Beyond, then you install the. Uh, the emulator thing, and then you install the patch for the emulator thing. I think that was it, right? There was another. Like, yeah, you just gotta just just follow. If you follow their like installation guide, it's actually like quick as quick as cake. So I mean, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, was a, I've never heard quick as cake before. That's a good phrase. Quick as cake. I like that. I'll have to I mean, you just, you just buy you buy you buy the batter, you put it in the pan, you throw it in the oven, and quick as cake. Anyway. Uh, Headclot Earth and Beyond is a old MMO from uh, EA. 2002. Yeah, EA and Westwood? Was it Westwood? Yes. I think it, it was, was, Westwood. It was definitely It was definitely EA, which is why it's gone now. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, really, because they came out a year before EVE Online did. And mm. they had some things, in my opinion, that were better... Um, in the sense of, like, an MMO, right? So, like, you could go to a space station and get out of your ship and walk around and interact with other player avatars, and you yeah. can go to planets and all this other stuff. 
they had the space stuff that was there, but Eve was like the new complex thing, right? Like it just was this weird, wacky, complex space game. And so because it was just so focused on the space combat stuff and like, um, and that kind of thing, I think the CCP kind of took the cake. Um, and that's why you saw the downfall of Earth and Beyond. Earth and Beyond wasn't around for very long, um, which was which was sad. It, it is sad. It was it was quite good. It was quite fun. And we're uh, you but, can play it now for free. Yeah, and there's a whole community that supports it, and there's like a whole bunch of people that play. Um, and the same thing with Jumpgate, which you and I, like I said, Jumpgate and uh, Earth and Beyond, we're going to do uh, a long stream of on Sunday. Yeah. So, so starting uh, Sunday, Jim, you can join too if you want. Yeah, starting at Sunday, uh, just real quick, Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon uh, Eastern Time, uh, Hunter and I and whoever else wants to join us, we're going to be streaming a bunch of both Jumpgate and Earth and Beyond to kind of not only uh, enjoy some classic space MMO gaming, but to kind of highlight these games that you can play for free uh, that more people should be playing. Yes. So that's kind of like what I've been really kind of getting into. It's just been doing a lot of the uh, playing the old school um, and then a little bit of the SOTOR stuff. But other than that, I haven't really been playing much. What about you, Jim? Um, playing a little bit of Master of Orion, actually. Kind of the getting new? my head around that. The, the new yeah, one or the, get, uh, original? The, no, the, new get one. the original? No, the new one. I want to get the original. Well, I want to get the new one, but I want to get the originals too. Just re- relive, relive it. Yeah, I've been uh, God, so many games, dude. Um, right? Of course, Arma. Yeah, Arma's been busy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, if, if you if you look at my YouTube channel, I've got like uh, every time we do an Arma op, I put it up there, which is basically just watch me suck at driving a tank. Actually, no, I lied. I'm awesome at driving a tank. It's like my calling in life. I thought it was spaceship. You can't be bad at driving a tank, right? You I'll, just I'll- drive over anything in your way. All those, well, uh, no, it's a it's a three man coordinated effort is the oh. thing which was, makes it special. Thing, you it's just not like crush whatever's under your tank. I was gonna and say all those all those battles all those hours of battle zone in the arcade back in the day really probably are paying off today. It, it has impact, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting though because you got one guy that's the tank commander and he doesn't have a gun. He's just eyeballs, right? And trying to coordinate with the other tanks so that you don't get lost and everybody stays together. And um, then you have the gunner, which everybody knows what he does, and then the Bang! driver. So the <laughs> the uh tank commander tells the driver where to go and the driver has to figure out how to get there and then the tank commander is also watching for targets. So he's looking one way, the gunner's looking the other way. And you have to consider fields of fire because you don't want to shoot a friendly tank, right? And if there's any friendly troops, uh, one thing that they model now is the compression wave. When you shoot the gun, you'll actually kill people that are in the front cone around the tank because cool. there's such a blast wave that comes off that cannon that just blows people's heads up. Um, so you don't want to be there. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty neat. It's it's decently well modeled. I mean, steel steel beasts it ain't, but then again, steel beasts like 150 bucks, and I don't know anybody else that has it other than over at Maximus's channel, and I just haven't been able to hook up with those guys. Oh yeah, that so, that's like the creme de la creme of tank sims, like super realistic. But yes, 150. If anybody <laughs> wants to play steel beasts, call me. We're chipping for a copy. I got my code meter plugged in right now. It's getting <laughs> it's, it's sad because there's nobody to play with. 
All right, folks, just a couple of programming notes before we wrap up. Uh, our Thursday game this week, uh, continuing our uh, look at kind of spooky, scary games for October, is Dead Effect 2, uh, co-op, first-person zombie spaceship shooter. Uh, well, you're on a spaceship shooting zombies. Uh, it's actually really great, uh, and apparently you can play a lot of levels co-op, so that's what we're going to be doing. And then Sunday... Oh, I'm, um, I must warn you that hmm? we all need to, if, if we're going to play that, Mm-hmm. We all have to get far enough that it allows. To yeah, go y'all got to get to level like the first couple, two or levels. three levels, or yeah, something like that. You got to get yeah. to the level where you can open up the map room and then you can jump in. So you got to play if you want to join us, which you're more than welcome to. You got to play a little bit of it before you can get to like the map, so you can um, so it's you can join be us. Super spooky. Um, but then on Sunday uh, we have the stream that Hunter and I talked about uh, with the MMOs. But Monday which is Halloween as we record this, I am finally going to sit down and have a heart attack, have a heart attack while I play alien isolation. Yes. It's happening for for the enjoyment of my quote unquote friends. Uh, Cause they, all they want to do is <laughs> they only want to do is hear me piss my pants and scream. Here's what I want. That's I all want I want. You yelling, Damn it. That's what I love. That's my that's my bread and butter. If if I'm lucky, you play if, games. <laughs> if I'm lucky, <laughs> if I'm lucky, my fiance will be able to join me, so it won't be that horrifying. But yeah, I, I want to see. I want to see an funnier, alien predator maybe. mod Five Nights at Xenomorphs, and <laughs> oh, it would be just like Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> oh, except no. aliens crawling in oh, the vents. No. Wait, so five, when are you doing this? When are you doing this on Monday? Uh, probably about four. I'm trying. I'm trying for four o'clock Pacific time, so around seven o'clock uh, Eastern. Thank time. God I'm. Thank God I'm off, man. If you if you want to be, well, no, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be on that stream, dude. I am gonna be all over that stream. Uh, we'll, we can go on the voice chat, absolutely. But I uh, hope. What, what time are you doing it? Uh, f- seven p.m. your time. Oh, okay, good. Because uh, yeah, I'll be, so I'll it'll be, be around. Because. It'll be in the evening. Yeah, totally. Because I wasn't going to take time off work or anything. No, no, I wasn't either. No, I, but the earliest I can reasonably get home is around 4. So uh, that's what we're going to do at around 4-ish on Halloween night. We'll probably play for about an hour because that's probably all I'll be able to handle. No, 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 You need to do at least an hour and a half. Okay, Yeah, because you don't even see an alien for the first hour you play that game. Should I play some by myself beforehand? You got to get through no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay, we I'll need start to watch cold. You from the beginning. All right, I'll start cold. Okay, I'll start cold. Yeah, but but be prepared. You're going to spend at least a half hour walking around the Nostromo, just okay. admiring. Like, pretty cool. Dude, the sippy bird is there. Everything is there. It's it's okay. beautiful. I want to see the thing get the treatment that that they gave Alien in this game. Oh, that'd be nice. Because like they, they made a game. shitty thing game, but yeah, a long was time terrible. ago, like a decade ago. Apparently, it wasn't very good. Uh, so let's see. Oh yeah. Who we have on next week? Final thing. I think next week we have the folks on who are making, um, Nebula online, the, uh, kind of three faction. Yeah. Uh, next week, the November 1st, we are going to be talking to the folks behind the, uh, three faction spacey MMO, um, Nebula online. So that's what we're going to talk to next week. Uh, so yeah, we have a lot planned for the next week as we record this. Uh, so, uh, yeah, please join us if you can on the Discord server. Uh, we're happy to have you. And, Paul, thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank for you, coming guys. On again. Thank you for all the support. 
Absolutely. If, again, folks, the game is Void Destroyer 2. It is on Steam Early Access right now for fourteen ninety nine. It is an open space, oh God, uh, trading mission piracy open thing, game thing, where you can... Space Sandbox. Space Sandbox, <laughs> yes, that's a good... Space Sandbox. Yeah. Be- Jim says better than Elite, and he would know. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so, folks, thank you so much for... Uh, Take the time to uh, watch and listen the video uh, to the video, and we will see you next week. Have a great night, y'all. Have a great night. Take care. Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. Yeah.